Get it in here. I got one thing to say. This is when the big dogs come out. Stay on the okay? You can't run with the big dogs. Stay on the board. It's time. Live. Let's rock this place. Let's have some fun. In the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. We are seeing a special performance tonight. Diagnosis, prognosis, osmosis. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. The doctor is now in. Hour number two. Glad to have you with us here on this Monday. Feeling good, feeling fine, and we got one more game tonight to wrap up a long weekend, huh? Talk about that. Going back, we had games on Thursday. Well, we're going way back. I mean, we had games on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Yes, and tonight, Monday Night Football, a pair of 7-7 seven seven teams that are still alive for the playoffs. We're talking about the Dolphins and the Saints, so we will uh, talk about that with uh, this hour. Chuck Esposito joins us from... Red Rock, Marco D'Angelo will join us a little bit later on in the hour. And again, uh, first hour, plenty of Raider recap. As you heard from Derek Carr, Rich Passaccia, Josh Jacobs, Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Good stuff there with all of your Raiders recap and the Raiders victory yesterday over the Denver Broncos. 17-13, Raiders 8-7. and Two big wins the last two weeks. So yes, keeping hope alive. And uh, should fans... Temper their expectations a little bit since the last two victories were against a beat-up, depleted Cleveland Browns team. And then last week, or rather yesterday, against Denver with uh, out their starting quarterback and Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke again cannot beat the Raiders. But hey, a win is a win. Raiders 8-7. and And think about that. Two weeks ago, we were talking about leaving this team for dead. Forget about it. Done. Stick a fork at him. And now today, we can say, if they win out... Their final two regular season games, they make the playoffs. They are in control of their own destiny. All right, let's visit with our good friend Chuck Esposito, making it happen over at Red Rock and all the station casino properties. What's going on, my man? All good, buddy. Just want to wish you a happy holidays to you and all the listeners. And uh, you're right. I mean, the Raiders a couple weeks ago, you didn't think they'd be in this position. I think what's intriguing, TC, is that, you know, week 18, um, there's 18 weeks this year, um, the Raiders host the Los Angeles Chargers. And with the Chargers losing two games in a row and Vegas winning a couple, depending on what happens this week, they couldn't find a game to flex last year uh, to prime time on Week 17. Could this possibly be a game they flex this year, Week 18? Wouldn't that be kind of cool in our own backyard <laughs> if that Charger-Raider game meant something to both teams uh, to get into the postseason? Yeah, it definitely would. And I know that they already they have the time of 125 you know, right now, but you're right you got to see how this thing plays out, and that could be you know, the most meaningful game in the final week of the regular season. And it was nice to see the Raiders finally get like a 125 game because they've been stuck with all these 105 games, you know, more of the regional type of stuff. So, you know, 125 game yesterday, it, it makes sense. You know, we'll see. But speaking of the Chargers, Chuck, I mean, they lose as a 13-point favorite, the biggest favorite on the board. I don't think anybody saw that coming, and... If if you played Houston, I guess your logic would be, well, Houston pounded Jacksonville the week before, but hey, uh, I, I didn't see it coming. I don't think anybody saw it coming. I wasn't interested in lane 13 on the road with the Chargers, but Chuck, they were never even in this game. You know, they weren't. I guess what I'll say is that 
yay sportsbooks because with favorites kind of dominating yesterday, it kind of saved the day. Having the Texans win um, outright against the Chargers and having the Bears win outright against Seattle, um, it, it really helped a lot, especially on parlays and, and teasers and money line stuff. So it was a huge game for our side of the counter. There wasn't a whole bunch from yesterday, uh, but that Texans game was huge, and it really hurts the Chargers. They now have lost two in a row. Um, you know, can do they have enough to that uh, they play? They host Denver and then they play at Vegas. Um, but, you know, is it enough to get into the postseason? They're a team that if they get in T.C., nobody wants to play. You've got arguably one of the best young quarterbacks in the league in Justin Herbert, a good running attack with Eckler and Jackson. You've got good wideouts in Williams and Allen, and definitely a defense that can play with anybody in the league. But, hey, you have to get in the dance first, and uh, it's a team that over the last couple of weeks might have put themselves behind the eight ball a bit. You know, there are two players on this team. Well, we actually, well, I guess you could make the case about four. But you mentioned Justin Herbert, all right? And then on the defense of the ball with Bosa. I mean, those guys are key. But I think two of the unsung guys, when they're not playing, really hurts this team. And we saw it yesterday with Keenan Allen or Austin Eckler. And Eckler was out of yesterday's game. And without Eckler, I mean, they really have a void in that running game, in that situation. And so much has to go you know, on, on Herbert. And we've seen Herbert be, be kind of bad on the road this year. We go back to that Baltimore game where, where he, he wasn't good at all. And then against this Houston, Texas team, you know, yesterday, it just didn't seem, you know, like he had one of his best games. And I don't know if the Chargers were just looking past these guys or what, but this team really has problems, Chuck, putting two quality games together, whether it's home or on the road or what. And uh, that's not going to bode well for, for a team like the Chargers when you can't win consistently. And, you know, you, you do have, you know, some holes on, on the defense where, where teams with good running games, they can pound this team. Yeah, I mean, Justin Jackson ran decent yesterday. I mean, he had a, a fair game. I had a long touchdown run, but I think you see that across the board. You saw it with, with Tennessee when they were missing Henry and Brown and, and Julio Jones. You've seen it a little bit with Tampa uh, without Godwin and Evans and Fournette. And I think it's a league that when you have an accumulation of injuries, it really shows that your top skill position players are so good. And I think when when you're a team like that and you're missing skill position players, it really does hurt. So we'll see what ultimately happens. But without Allen and Eckler, those are two big guns. They're still a really, really good team. I think if they get into the postseason, they're capable of beating anyone. I mean, they, they beat the Chiefs once earlier this year in Kansas City, should have won a second time against them in, in L.A., and they would have been going into yesterday in first place in the AFC West had that occurred. So back-to-back losses, really bad loss yesterday, but they're one of about three or four teams. I think you can include the Bengals, maybe the Colts, the, the 49ers, the Vikings, and the Chargers, that if they get in, nobody's going to want to see them in the postseason. Yep. Good point. Chuck Esposito joins us over at Red Rock. Uh, Chuck, uh, the favorites went 7-4 and four yesterday. And when the favorites win, as we know, that's usually a good day for the public. But the, the big favorites really rolled yesterday. I mean, Kansas City favored by 10. They blow away the Steelers. Tampa Bay favored by 10.5 on the road against Carolina. No problem there. Philly, even though that game was tight at halftime, it was 3-3 at halftime. And I think some people thought, well, maybe the Giants will hang. Uh, Philly blew them away in the second half, favored by 11. And then Dallas just obliterated Washington last night, favored by 10. And I know that uh, that is never good for the sports books, and uh, especially for teasers, because people love teasing the big favorites down. Yeah, it was a good day, you know, pretty much for the guests on the other side of the counter. 
um, as I said, we you know we kind of averted a, a you know disaster a little bit with the, with with the fact that the Chargers, who you talked about, some big favorites were the biggest favorite and didn't win the game. Um, you know, money line stuff just got. Uh, destroyed on that game, and then having the Bears kind of in the afternoon go in and and win in Seattle too really helped. But but overall, you're right; those favorites came in and were good. And if you look at Week 17, you fast forward a little bit. You've got some big numbers on the board as well. You've got Tampa almost a two touchdown favorite against the Jets. You've got Buffalo a two touchdown favorite against Atlanta. You've got the Patriots a big favorite against the Jags. The Niners against the Texans, so you're going to see some of the similar stuff. It's just sometimes the way the schedule plays out, you've got some really good teams against some really bad teams, and and that's the case in Week 17. Teams that are playing to win and playing to move on and need to win uh, against uh, a couple of teams that it really doesn't mean anything right now and are kind of just playing out the string. You know, to that point, Chuck. You know, this is the time of year we really see inflated lines, and we see the double-digit lines, especially when you've got you know, on paper at least, you know, the mismatches where a lot of people believe, well, this team's really got nothing to play for. And, you know, that seemingly was the case yesterday in Houston. But then when you got the the home favorites, like the Patriots coming off a loss against a Jacksonville team who played pretty hard and pretty tough yesterday, uh, how hard is it to to make these lines here the last couple weeks of seasons when you have these type of matchups? I think, TC, it's just tough overall this time of year. But I think when you've got you know, COVID and injuries, and um, we're in an information era. I think that, you know, we try to be on top of this. We know that our guests are extremely educated and, and are doing their homework as well. I think you see line movement a little bit quicker. You see some name games that we hate to do with bowl games or, or pro football games that are actually taken off the board, uh, either for, you know, a short time or an extended period, just because of the uncertainty. It's much easier to make a line, for example, tonight's game with Miami and the Saints, knowing that it is book, that it's not going to be an established quarterback, that it's a young rookie quarterback making his first start, even though you don't know what he's going to bring to the table, um, then not knowing. So I think in all sports, uh, information is key. It's out there. We're moving games fast. We're trying to stay on top of it. And I know our guests are uh, extremely on top of it on the other side of the counter. All right, Chuck, let's talk about yesterday's game with the Raiders and the Broncos. Uh, a lot of two-way action in uh, yesterday as well, too. And I know that some Raider fans were thinking like, wow, I mean, you know, Raiders are at home. They're going against Drew Locke. Why wouldn't they be maybe a two- or three-point favorite? But, you know, Broncos money poured in, and, and the Broncos, uh, you know, I don't know where the game ended, Chuck, if, if Denver was one or if it was a pick, but I would imagine it was pretty good two-way action yesterday. Yeah, I was one of those guys, TC, that really thought that when we put the game up at one and a half, that it would quickly go to the Raiders three. We kind of sat at one and a half for the first, like, two or three days, started to see a little bit of a trickle on the Broncos, and that number kind of went down a little bit, all the way to pick at one point. And I think it was a product of the Raiders' injuries. We know we knew no, no uh, Waller. Uh, Edwards was ruled out yesterday because of COVID. Uh, their whole secondary was either out with COVID or banged up. And I think it was a product of that. The thing that that held me back a little bit was Drew Locke. I know he's got a a big arm and a lot of talent, and that offense is really good, but could he protect the ball enough to not turn it over? It was a close game. Uh, That play right before the half where Denver scored really helped us somewhat, 
Um, kind of a bad beat if you had the Raiders there, uh, giving up that interception with 25 seconds to go, and then Denver punched it in. But but I was surprised that, that the number actually came down, and we saw as much Denver play as we did. Um, I thought we'd be huge Bronco fans, which we still were, but not quite as big um, with the number dropping the way it did. And the thing about it was, Chuck, this game was 17-13, and Denver had a chance to, to take the lead, and they missed the field goal with about seven minutes to go. And you mentioned about could Locke take care of the football. Denver didn't make a turnover yesterday. They didn't fumble the football. Locke didn't throw any interceptions. But then, you know, Carr and the Raiders had three turnovers in this in this game. And we thought, okay, you know, that could be the death of them. But it didn't turn out that way because the defense was so good limiting Denver and holding Denver to only 158 total yards. Yeah, I think when you lose the turnover battle, usually it spells disaster. Um, but that was a big win for the Raiders, and we've talked about it. They're just 4-4 four and four now at home. They let games get away from at home against the Bears and the Washington football team. They had a losing record at home last year where they were 2-6. and six. It's a Raider team that needs to learn to take care of business at home. I mean, if you throw in one of those wins, if they're able to beat Chicago or Washington at home, they're in a much different position than they are right now. They're in the playoffs. So, their inability to win at home consistently has hurt the Raiders, but that was a big win yesterday, and we'll see how it plays out. Again, I mean, I would love Week 18 Chargers Raiders in Vegas, Allegiant Stadium, to be flexed. I know we've talked about it's scheduled for 125, but all the games in Week 18 are yeah. scheduled for either the 10 a.m. or 105 or 125. It right. just depends if there's a meaningful game to both teams. They potentially have the option to flex that to prime time, which unfortunately they didn't have last year. So, Chuck, just within the last couple hours, you, you know, the COVID situation is so fluid with everything from bowl games to the NFL, and we're sitting here talking about the Raiders and their next must-win game is Sunday against the Colts. Uh, the the Colts uh, have five guys listed. No no real starters. I mean, one offensive tackle, Marlon Mack, is probably the next biggest name, and he's basically the the third string running back. But the Raiders have gotten hit with six guys on the defensive side of the ball, and all of these guys are are key contributors. You know, for the Raiders, from Casey Hayward to Corey Littlejohn, Denzel Perryman, KJ Wright. Uh, you know, the list goes on. Six Raiders here now in, in the COVID protocol. Uh, are you doing with anything, you know, with this line right now? Number has ticked up a little bit, TC, but I think it's like everything. We're, we're closely monitoring it. Um, you know, it's, it's so fluid that it changes for all teams. I mean, Colts had, you know, some key guys out for them as well, especially on the offensive line um, in their game on Saturday. So it's kind of a wait and see right now. I mean, hopefully some of these guys might get back. Maybe these teams don't play until Sunday. It's only Monday. Two negative tests do give you a chance to get back in the lineup. So it's more of a wait and see. Uh, get tuned in. Make sure that we're following all you know reports and, and information that's out there. But uh, you hate to see some teams miss key contributors so late in the season when they're battling for a playoff spot. You know, one of the big games yesterday was Buffalo and New England. It seemed like Buffalo – uh, there was money coming in on Buffalo. They were a, a slight road favorite in this game, uh, Chuck. But, man, uh, Josh Allen, phenomenal. And when you look at this uh, game yesterday, the Buffalo Bills did not punt. Not one time did they punt yesterday, and they thoroughly dominated You know that game uh, against the Patriots. Is that a preview of, uh, of what's to come with these two teams as the AFC East heads down? You know, T.C., to be honest with you, I mean – 
I, I thought there was some value with Buffalo yesterday, but I think you look at the entire league, and maybe outside of the, the Packers and Chiefs right now, there's question marks across the board. I know the Bills are playing a little bit better, but it's still a Bills team that, that lost at home to the Steelers and, yep. and lost to the Jags. Um, so, I mean, they're playing good right now. You always want a team that kind of is playing well, has that swagger, is a little bit healthy as you get into the postseason. And I think the Bills are good enough to be playing in February. But some of those losses and, and some of the ways they kind of play down to their opponent are a little bit concerning to me. And the fact that Josh Allen is always their leading rusher, it seems like. You want to be able to win, run the ball effectively and, and prevent the run and play good defense. And unless that running game gets untracked, I'm a little bit worried. But, hey, this is one of those years where it's not going to stun me to see surprises playing in February. But right now, Chiefs and Packers just seem like on a collision course. They do. You know, that Cincinnati-Baltimore game there yesterday, too, with Josh Johnson starting with Baltimore. I mean, Cincinnati just ran all of them for the second time this season. Wouldn't it be ironic or funny, Chuck, that – you know, and this I guess this could happen if we get down to the end of the season where Baltimore and the Raiders could become a tiebreaker, and we remember that that uh, that game at the beginning of the year. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be it'd be totally ironic if that happened. But yeah, it, it could happen. I think with you know with week eighteen now, tiebreakers are going to be kind of interesting, and we'll be looking at it as we head in you know to week eighteen of, of if there's any games that we have to take down when a different game starts. And I know the league does a really good job of of putting all the early games together that mean something to certain teams, and the same with the late games. Um, so you don't have to do that. But uh, yep, that would be kind of an interesting twist if that ultimately happens. And I'm sure next year, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but when the Bengals play the Ravens the first time next year, my guess is Baltimore will have that game circled on their calendar. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, you look at the Ravens, right? I mean, they're 8-7, they're and seven, but yeah, that could come down to where the Raiders and, and the Ravens, you know, would be, you know, we would come down to a tie and it would go back to that, that, that opening uh uh, you know, night game that we had at Legion Stadium here. That was it was crazy. And uh, yeah, the Ravens. Uh, I, we know they're decimated. You know, with injuries and everything as well too. Don't know when Lamar Jackson is going to come back. But uh, yeah, uh, they're still an eight and seventeen. They were the, they were the number one seed. TC, yeah. if you think about yeah. it, a month ago, right? The Ravens were the number one seed. I mean, we saw the Chiefs at one point earlier in the season and way earlier, but they were in last place in the AFC West, but still the the shortest, the second shortest odds to win the Super Bowl in the AFC on the future book. And we've seen how that has flipped. Bengals have been in first and in last place in their division. We saw the Colts lose twice to the Titans, but are right on their heels. And the Ravens were actually in first place in the AFC North a month ago. So things have been, you know, turning and upside down week to week. So, hey, I'm looking forward to the last two weeks of the season and who knows what happens, but I think that's the fun of it with these extra wild card teams too. You've got, you know, two games on that first Saturday, three on Sunday, and a Monday night wild card game too. So it should be a wild card weekend when it comes around. Just who's in and who's out? We don't know just yet. Right. Uh, all right. Chuck Esposito joins us. Speaking of wild, Chuck, and not knowing who's in or who's out, 
how how crazy is this bowl game situation here? And this is sad because we look forward to all of these bowl games. And I know some people say, well, there's too many bowl games to begin with here. But anyway, I mean, it's a reward for these kids and these programs. And we have so many of these bowl games. I think the count now is, what, five or six bowl games that have now been canceled uh, due to the COVID outbreak within these programs. And it is, it's, you know, this is so fluid by the, by the minute. I mean, how closely are you monitoring this and, and when, what does this mean? I mean, this is not good for, for us football fans. It's definitely not good for the sports books because we want action. I mean, let's face it. I mean, these games, uh, the only reason people are, are betting on, or rather watching these games is to have some action, especially in the lower-tier bowl games. Yeah, I love having, you know, weekday bowl games and, and having more opportunities to watch some of these schools, and um, it's fun. Uh, you know, again, for me, it's yay sportsbooks to have, you know, three or four games on a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday leading into the holiday weekend. Um, I hate to see any of these games canceled, TC, but it's just kind of, uh, you know, uh, what we're living in right now. And the most important thing is the health and safety of players and fans and, and all the schools and, and, and members of their, you know, their student body and the organization. So uh, hopefully a majority of these games get played. I'm looking forward to watching a number of these bowl games, bowl games, including uh, the two uh, playoff games, which should be phenomenal. Um, so, hey, we're, we're tuned in. I know I've said it. You've said it. It's fluid. It's a, we're in an information era. We're trying to, to watch things and listen and, and adjust as quickly as we can. But, again, I know that our guests are doing the same thing on the other side of the counter. All right, uh, Chuck, real quickly, because I don't know if we'll get a chance to talk to you before the weekend again. Uh, when we look at uh, the college football playoff, we've got you know Alabama, Cincinnati, Michigan, and Georgia. And we've got some other pretty good bowl games, including the Las Vegas Bowl here at Allegiant Stadium on Thursday night with Arizona State and Wisconsin. Uh, give us a couple of these games where you're seeing some movement or you're seeing uh, some really good action you know, coming in here. Well, I think first I'll touch on the, the two championship games where, you know, we're seeing actually really, really good uh, two-way action on the Georgia-Michigan game. We haven't really moved the number. You're seeing some over money come in on that game, though, which is a little surprising to me because both these schools play really good defense. Same with Cincinnati and Bama. Not a huge push yet on either one of those two games. Um, the game for me is Notre Dame a little bit. You know, new coach there, and, and with Freeman, how, how will they respond? They seem to really like their new coach and are, are motivated and want to play. Saw the number initially go up. A couple players opted out for the NFL draft. The number has come down. Uh, but that's an intriguing game for me, too. I think you're going to see that game go up somewhat. Uh, we started to see some money show up on Utah, too. little surprising. I, I think when I look at that game, I had Ohio State as, as over a seven-point favorite in my power rating, uh, yet the number is under that and some Utes money showing up. How about this, Chuck? This game's a pick em. The, the Utah and Ohio State is a pick em in the Rose Bowl. That is insane. I mean, for a lot of people think that, that, like you said, had this thing power rated at six or seven like that. I mean, is this just a thing where, I mean, you know, people saw what Utah did and how they dismantled Oregon in those, in those last two games or just, you know, what, what happened to Ohio State against Michigan? No, I mean, Ohio State is still, you know, not quite a touchdown favorite, T.C., a little bit under that. 
Um, but, you know, we'll see what ultimately happens, if that number gets driven back up or not. But uh, but they are the favorite in the game. It's uh, a little under a touchdown right yeah, now. I must be, I, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at another app here, and I don't know. Uh, I should be looking at my my station's casino app. But uh, on, on my app, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing Pick'em here, which seems very, very strange, or unless there's, 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 something, there's a malfunction here because every other line is right on the money. So uh, pretty interesting there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I have to I have to look at that, but you're right, uh, Chuck. Let's talk about tonight's uh, Monday Night Football game: Miami and the Saints. Uh, Saints, like you said, Ian Book from Notre Dame is going to get his first career NFL start. The youngster, uh, two has been pretty good for Miami. Uh, they've been on a nice little uh, win streak as of late. Uh, how you see in this game? Yeah, it's, you know, neither one of these two teams scores. TC, I think you look at a total as low as it is tonight. Um, it's kind of unheard of for a primetime, isolated game. Uh, we're always, you know, rooting for the unders in these games, yet these two teams just don't score a lot, even Miami. I mean, if you look at Miami, I mean, they've won six in a row. They weren't very good, you know, prior to this six-game winning streak. They've really turned it around. Uh, Waddle's played well. You get Parker healthy. Two is starting to play better. Um, uh, Gasicki, they've got some young talent on offense, but it really started kind of on that primetime game against Baltimore that they blitzed Lamar Jackson more than any other team had ever done this year, and they got that win, and it's kind of changed for them since then. Um, ticket count favors Miami. Slightly 54% of the tickets are in Miami. Even with the low total, 66% of the tickets are on the over in this particular game. Both teams are 7-7. Seven and seven. It means something to both these two teams. Um, we'll see how it plays out. We're going to be Saint fans, though, at kickoff tonight. Um, Ian Book, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something out there that Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet, we had done a, a draft special show with Brian Blessing, and, and Bruce was part of it. And, and we started talking about you know, the potential quarterbacks for the first round. We knew that the Fields and Lance and Lawrence and Wilson and Jones were all guys that were going to go. He threw out Ian Book and said he's not going to go in the first round. He's going to go after the first two days. But he's a guy that he thinks has the potential to be a really good pro football quarterback. I think it's a Saints team that after the injury um, that they had earlier this season to Winston, you know, you haven't seen the quarterback play out of Simeon or, or, uh, or the young quarterbacks they have there right Taysom now. Hill, or Taysom right, Hill. Right. This is an opportunity for Ian Book to kind of show what he has, and he could be their starter for the rest of the season. I think it's kind of intriguing right now and maybe some value on the Saints getting that big hook tonight at home on Monday Night Football. Yeah, very true. And we know the Saints' defense is going to come to, to come to play, and that crowd will be a, a factor as well, too. So uh, look, actually looking forward to this game. And again, you know, both these teams still alive with playoff uh, implications here. So we'll look forward to it. All right, Chuck, uh, get on over, see Chuck, go to the, any of the properties. They are all fantastic uh, to view the games, to bet on the games, the mobile app, the STN mobile app, uh, all good there. And Chuck, uh, congratulations on another uh, last man standing. Uh, you got a couple guys that, uh, that, that cashed out uh, very nicely there. But uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's been great. You know, we had, a, we had one winner for the college that won a hundred hundred thousand, and uh, two guys uh, for for the pro won fifty. Um, so it's always a nice contest. It's our signature contest. We'll be doing it again, last man standing for the the men's college basketball tournament this year. 
Um, and I think, you know, we love it when guests come out and enjoy everything we have to offer out of all of our properties and our wildfire gaming properties. But it's such a great time with so much going on in the world of sports to get signed up for SDN Sports. It really brings the sports book to you up to $100 bonus right now for new, uh, for new signups. Uh, that cool STN cap with a $50 minimum deposit. Um, so, again, I can't stress enough how much I love talking and visiting with the guests and, and kind of listening to what they have to say. But what a great time to have STN Sports. It really does bring the sports book to you. And if you're in the book and it's kind of busy, skip the line. Try one of our kiosks any of our big six or wildfire properties or the El Cortez. It really is a convenient feature to wager and make deposits into your STN mobile account. All right, and you got a great staff uh, over there as well, too, Chuck. I mean, very friendly, very helpful, very knowledgeable as well, too. And that's I, re- I appreciate that. Uh, we, I appreciate you saying that, TC. We try to give the best, uh, the guests, uh, the beyond the best service at all of our properties and, and really do what we can to not only take care of our sports guests, but our race guests as well and, and give them an experience that they can't get anyplace else and make you feel like you're right in the action. There it is. All right. All the properties are fantastic at the station casinos. Chuck, I really appreciate you taking time uh, and joining us. I know how busy you are, especially this time of year. So uh, go enjoy the game uh, tonight, the bowl games this week, and uh, have a very happy new year, my friend. All right. You too, TC. Happy New Year. Be safe. And to all the listeners, happy holidays. Be safe as well. And we look forward to seeing you guys soon from STN Sports. You got that right. All right. Chuck Esposito. Appreciate Chuck as always. When we come back, Marco D'Angelo joins us. We start handicapping tonight's game and also handicapping some bowl games this week. All right. Let me put some water on your ball. More from the master debater. See, Martin, you'll never know what comes out of this guy's mouth. Water's so refreshing, isn't it? This is very refreshing. The drinking water we're talking about, of course, yes, yes. Showers are good, too. Very refreshing. All right, don't forget we'll be at the Cosmopolitan on Friday. Yes, it's New Year's Eve. It's going to be, oh yeah, it's going to be fun. It'll be fun because we got the bowl games, everything else that's going on. No better spot to be than the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Come on down, see the show, 2 to 4 p.m. And uh, I know people are all nervous about going by the strip. Well, it's early enough in the day, and you got great parking at the Cosmopolitan. Take a lift, take an Uber, come see the show live. We'll be handicapping all of our bowl games and, of course, week number 17 of the NFL docket. I, I said Friday, didn't I? Thursday. Yeah, actually, we're going to be there Thursday and Friday. That's right. Thursday and Friday. Breaking news. Because we'll be there Thursday for the Las Vegas Bowl. That's it. Going to the Las Vegas Bowl Thursday night. Wisconsin. Arizona State. Like the way I say Wisconsin. That's the way we say it back there. Wisconsin. Yes, Wisconsin, a six-point favorite in this game against her Edwards team. And if you've been rolling around town, you've probably seen ASU, Wisconsin. These guys have been in town uh, since Friday. So spending their, their Christmas here, here all week. All the festivities are getting underway uh, starting tonight and everything else. So, yeah, you'll you'll see a lot of red and white, a lot of maroon and gold. Yeah, Thursday, Allegiant Stadium, I believe, uh, tickets are still available, and this will be a great game to be at. The atmosphere will be phenomenal there at Allegiant Stadium Thursday night, seven thirty kickoff 
for the Las Vegas Bowl. So we'll be at the Cosmopolitan Thursday and Friday. Thank you for reminding me about that, Numchuck. See, how did I start the show earlier today? Remember I said I have my days all mixed up and confused, not used to this, you know, Christmas on a Saturday and then, ha- you know, I feel gypped. I feel like I should be getting an extra day. I should have got an extra day at home and watching more games, I think. All right, Marco D'Angelo. Handicapper extraordinaire, and I'm sure all the days just blur together with him with all of these games, especially bowl games. But, Marco, we're getting too many of these bowl games that are getting canceled. I'm not too happy about this. No, I'm not. Uh, you know, <laughs> I know firsthand on the uh, COVID list, so uh, it's not fun, uh, TC. But uh, hopefully we're going to get enough uh, games to keep us uh, busy for the next uh, week and the rest of the uh, NFL season. we still got some uh, – some business to do, take care of here. All right, and hopefully you are feeling well, my friend, and uh, you are recuperating and you're doing fine, and hopefully it has not uh, handicapped your handicapping. No, we've been on quite a run when we've uh, stopped by your show, so uh, let's keep that rolling. Yes, uh, with 33 and 9, is that or 33 and 6? It was something, I know you have the number. 33 and 9 is the overall, and uh, it's been, uh, the last four weeks have been incredible. We went... uh, Six and zero the last week, uh, putting us at like twenty one and uh, three or something. It was crazy. We were fifteen and three going into the last show, and we went six and zero. Yeah, there it is. Outstanding. Yeah, six and zero. Uh, fantastic. Well, Marco has been on fire. Scott Spritzer went six and zero as well too. And uh, and I, I was close to you guys. I was five and one last week, but uh, uh, not so good this week on, on on the pro side, Marco. Hopefully, your pro side went went better than my pro side this past weekend. Well, one of the games that uh, didn't go so well for me, and uh, it just uh, shake my head, and I thought they actually would do better. I went against the, the hometown Raiders. I thought uh, Drew Locke, this was, you know, basically, this was, in my opinion, his, his shot. This is his right. chance to prove that he belongs on the Denver Broncos staff as their quarterback. And he had a golden opportunity yesterday. He's got a, a solid defense behind him. And he just could not move the football. Uh, this is, you know, you, you talk about, you know, quarterback picks that were bust and so forth. And I just don't get it with Denver. I mean, this is an organization, you know, that's run by one of the greatest, you know, quarterbacks in, you know, our uh, era. And he can have, just can't judge talent as far as the quarterbacks go. And you think a quarterback would be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of these uh, with Denver's picks in the past five, six years or so, they've really overreached. And I think a lot of people they get they get so influenced by what a guy does in college instead of really taking a, a, a big, you know, examination here of of the type of system that they're running in college, uh, the 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 opponents, and especially a lot of these Big Twelve quarterbacks too. I mean, there's Drew Locke out of Missouri, and it's like, yeah, he, he was a nice quarterback, you know, when he was at Missouri, but it just has not translated to the NFL game. And we see year in and year out, and you can say the same thing about the Miami Dolphins too with Tua. I mean, you know, making this guy, you know, their number one guy, uh, you know, and it's like, well, if you really watch Tua, you know, in college. You know, he, this 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 is a guy that uh, made some ill-advised throws. He really doesn't have the size, and his game has you know he has not lived up to to his draft ranking. And there are very few guys that lived up to their draft ranking. We go to Jared Goff. I mean, it's it's so so much, and we put so much value on the quarterback, Marco. But I think a lot of these guys, I don't know if it's you know just John Elway, but it's everybody. I think they just think, hey, we got to have this quarterback, and we're going to hope to mold this guy into it, and it just doesn't work out for the majority of these teams. 
No, and the uh, change of the NFL, and it's because of the the way the salaries are constructed now. You can't groom a quarterback for two to three years like, you know, whenever I grew up watching quarterbacks. You know, you would sit behind somebody, you would learn for two years, then you might get on the football field. Now it's you got to get on the football field right away, and I think it's, you know, hurting some of these guys, you know, their show – so shell-shocked at the beginning that I don't think they ever recover from it because uh, they, they haven't had that time to learn before they get it. And look at one of the most – now, you mentioned, you know, different quarterbacks and you mentioned, uh, the, you know, the Big 12 and, you know, how uh, those quarterbacks have translated. Patrick Mahomes is one of them that has done well. But Andy Reid went old school. Patrick Mahomes did not start right away. Right. You know, he sat behind Alex Smith, learned for a year, and that, I think, really jump-started him when he did get the ball in his hands. Marco D'Angelo joins us uh, from Wager Talk. Uh, Marco, double-digit favorites. We're seeing more and more here towards the end of the season. Yesterday, I mean, Kansas City rolled over Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay over Carolina, Philly over the Giants, and Dallas over Washington. All double-digit favorites. Uh, the only one that didn't, uh, that lost the game outright, were the Chargers yesterday, and that team is a little bit of a mess. But when you're handicapping these games, it seems like, these lines are a little bit inflated because of the time of the year and the opponents and the feeling that you know that some of these teams have really got nothing to play for. Uh, how do you go about handicapping some of these these favorites when you know if the game was played four or five weeks earlier, the lines would not nearly be as high? Well, it's a two-part uh, thing. You hit the first part of it is right now you have teams that definitely are you know the haves and the have-nots. What's happening on top of the have-nots is you're having some of the have-nots with 10 guys out for, from COVID, okay? And you lose two or three guys in the secondary or a couple offensive linemen and, you know, a key position player, and now that, you know, line becomes magnified. And this is uncharted, you know, territory for us because as handicappers, we have you know, been, you know, drilled into our head over the years that big favorites don't cover. Um, it's never been a winning proposition to lay double digits in the NFL, but that is trending the other way now, and it is because there's such disparity. Last night, and this is one of the games that I kicked myself, you know, sometimes, you know, you've got to do games for, uh, you know, TV shows, radio shows, um, they're primetime games, whatever, so you have to talk about them. I may not actually be playing them because when I look at them, they just look too easy to me. And one of those examples was last night with Dallas and Washington. I gave Dallas out on any show that I was on last week, and I said, this is a horrible spot for the Washington football team. They played on a Tuesday. They got to turn around and go on the road and play in Dallas, who, by the way, right now, I think is the best team in the NFL, both AFC and NFC. When they are completely healthy and have all hands on deck offensively, they're the best offense in the NFL. And I never thought I would ever be saying this about the Cowboys. The Cowboys' defense is for real. 
This is one of the most dramatic changes we've seen in a defense in a course of a year, from last year to this year, even from week one this year to where we're at now. Remember, they had to learn a new system, and they're getting used to it. And as they progress through the season, that defense is, you know, the drills are getting, you know, tightened down tighter and tighter. And I think right now they're the team to beat for the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, it's funny in that game, Marco, kind of a similar story, but a little bit different twist. Uh, myself, I mean, earlier in the week, I'm, I'm doing some, some radio shows and other markets and that kind of stuff. And I'm at, and, and I gave out the, the Washington football team because I go, well, I know it's a short week and Heineke's going to be back, but, you know, we'll, we'll see if they can, you know, get the rest of these guys back with COVID protocols and everything. And they played their, their game on Tuesday pretty well. And I'm thinking, okay, this line's a little inflated with Dallas. And we got the McCarthy factor, which I'm not a big fan of. And then the way Dak Prescott's been playing. And so, you know, I, I thought that way, you know, earlier in midweek. And then as the game approached last night, I just start doing more homework as the games get closer. It's what I do. And I said, man, why did I give out that game and put it on the best bets? I ended up betting Dallas last night because I the, the more homework that I did, it was like you're thinking, like, wait a minute, this is not a good spot for them. Dallas is getting all their players back, and then Washington really isn't. So I said, wait a minute, I, I'm, 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 I'm going on the other side. So I had a couple of people text me last night, and they go, oh, how about your Washington? I go, well, you know what? I, I went to the cashier. <laughs> but, but, that's, that's, but as you know, in handicapping, a lot of times when you do shows or you do this other thing like earlier in the week, you kind of do change your mind a little bit as more of the information comes, or maybe your, your head gets a little more clear when you say, okay, now I'm getting ready to put my own money on the line here. No, I, that's the, one of the problems of doing so many uh, shows, uh, you know, during the week. And uh, to be honest with you, that's why I try to schedule my shows for later in the week. I, I don't, you know, everybody likes the first look, but you know, things change. Now, I'll give you a perfect example, and this is not a game that I sent to you that we're going to talk about, but there is a game for next week, and it involves Washington. For everything that we just said, why Washington was a bad play last week. I think they're going to be a great play this week. I think the market has totally overreacted to what the scores were yesterday. Philadelphia winning in a blowout that was a misleading final score. That 34-10 to 10 score that you saw from Philadelphia yesterday, that game was 3-3 at halftime, and it was 10-10 well into the third quarter before the floodgates opened. And then, of course, everybody saw on Sunday Night Football what happened to the Redskins. But now the Redskins have a full week of practice. And I always say it, TC, no team is ever as bad as their worst game, nor are they as good as their best game. We saw the worst game out of Washington yesterday. They played two games in five days, all right? Heineke looked horrible. Um, you know, he couldn't get his normal reps and everything else. They had to eventually take him out and bring Allen in. Um, now this week, uh, it's supposed to be Heineke starting back. Uh, he will have a full week of practice. Unless they get hit by another wave of COVID, I think Washington's going to be an outstanding play. I think the market is overrating Philadelphia. This is a team that's you know beating up on bad teams. Let's face it. Um, and I think Washington will be able to get the job done. And if you go back to that Tuesday game where they lost by 10 points, 
with Garrett Gilbert at quarterback, um, they were in that game for three quarters of the game. Philadelphia pulled away and won by 10 late. Uh, that game was closer than the final score. I think Washington's a live dog. But a lot can change from Monday to Sunday. But if I was baking a bet right now, I would be betting the Washington football team on Sunday. All right. So, in going back to your point where you're saying that you know we're trending more towards these favorites, you know, covering these bigger favorites, is it is it kind of hard right now to have some confidence in some of these underdogs at this time of the year? It is. Um, you want to find a team that you know that hasn't packed it in, but on the same token, uh, TC, there are still favorites that you want to fade. Um, yesterday, one of the ones, and I and I know they came from behind to do it, but. I think this is going to just put the final nail in the coffin for the Seattle Seahawks. I said on the shows that I did last week, I can't bet Seattle and lay points with them the rest of the season unless it is a primetime game or they're playing a division rival in the spoilers role. This is a team that year in and year out is a playoff contender. And when you have a team like that with a lot of veterans that are used to being in the hunt right till the final week and they're out of it this, you know, as early as they were, those teams have a tendency to pack it in. And Seattle losing in the fashion that they did yesterday they are on my absolute play against list in any situation unless they are at home as an underdog in the role of spoiler to you know playing one of the teams in their division. Yep, and they it just cannot back them. Officially eliminated yesterday and the way they lost that game, just a disastrous uh, fourth quarter. Marco D'Angelo, wagertalk.com, and go check that out. Get Marco's uh, picks and sub- subscribe to them at wagertalk.com. Monday night football, two teams still alive, pretty good. Saints coming off that that shutout of, of Tampa Bay. They're back at home, and we know what that means. The The Saints defense, rock solid. <laughs> Pitching the shutout last uh, last week, very very rare in the NFL. We see that. However, the Saints are starting Ian Book here, uh, getting his first NFL start against a pretty hot uh, Miami team. How do you see this game tonight, Marco? Both teams still alive. You know, TC, this is just a you know nightmare of a game to handicap, and here's why: anytime there's a switch at the quarterback, there's going to be a adjustment to the line it's our job to say okay did they over adjust the number or under adjust it well the line went from new orleans minus three to uh miami minus three and you know briefly we saw some three and a halfs but most places it's back to three laying a little bit of juice so they're saying that Taysom hill is worth six points okay who's he worth six points over It's Ian Book at quarterback. What are you basing that number on? Ian Book has not taken a snap in the NFL. That six could be spot on, that six-point change in line, or it's way too much or nowhere near enough. So now we have to guess on Ian Book. What's he going to be able to do? For him, we know the track record of the coach. Sean Payton is one of the best coaches in the NFL. And they won last week without him on the sidelines in Tampa. Not only did they win, they shut out the Tampa Bay Bucks. That doesn't happen often. These are two offensive challenge teams. If you look at the numbers, 
Uh, New Orleans and Miami are ranked 29th and 30th uh, in the league this year at yards per play. So points are going to be at a premium in this game. We know what the Saints want to do. They want to run the football. Tampa knew that was going to happen. That's what they did. And they still couldn't stop them. Now, granted, New Orleans only scored nine points, but when you don't give up any, nine's more than enough to win the football game. They're going to try to shorten this game. The difference is Sean Payton is smart enough to somewhere, I think, early in this game, take a chance to try to catch Miami, excuse me with the pun, with their pants down, overplaying the line of scrimmage, you know, and getting that quick strike. If New Orleans gets a lead in this game, then it's going to be a steady recipe of running the football and killing clock. You look at Miami, and Miami's played well defensively. Uh, this is not the same team you saw at the beginning of the season. They've gotten better as the season has gone on. Obviously, they're on a six-game winning streak. The problem with that six-game winning streak, T.C., is they've only beaten one team with a winning record. Right. And that was Baltimore, and that was on a Thursday night game in Miami. So we really can't quantify how good Miami is right now, but we know that they're a seven and seven team like the Saints, but they've got all six of their seven wins, you know, in a row here when it counts and got momentum. Only way I can play tonight's game, and I'll be honest with you, I did not give it out to my clients, and I haven't got to the window with anything personal, but to me it's the under or past the game. And in today's NFL you know, TC, we go back a, a long, you know, long ways. Me a little bit longer than you, unfortunately. Uh, Thirty-seven and a half is the number that we saw in <laughs> right. the '80s on a regular <laughs> right. basis. Okay, you don't see that kind of number anymore. So it's tough to go to the window and say under thirty-seven and a half. Yeah, right. But that's the only way I can go. Yeah. Yeah, in a dome too, in perfect, no weather involved whatsoever. Usually, when you see thirty-seven and a half, it's usually a snow game or, or driving rain pour, right? It's Pittsburgh at Cleveland. There it is in late December with you know wind and lake effect snow. Right, exactly. That's what you got. Thirty-seven and a half tonight, and you know that both of these teams have a long laundry list of of players that are inactive uh, tonight and injured, and Miami just as many as the Saints, believe it or not. And you know, Miami for me, they've got they got one very good defensive guy they can cover, and that's all they got, and, and that's Xavier Howard, because the rest of the guys are not very good or they're banged up tonight. It'll be interesting if Ian Book. Can can keep the ball away from Howard's side. He may actually be okay, but I'm like you. It just you just don't know what you're going to get out of Ian Book. You got Kamara. You got you know the defense of the Saints, but still, I mean, you've got some some banged up guys on the Saints on the defensive side of the ball too that are, are a little bit of a shell of themselves that uh, actually. Uh, played last week against him that are not playing tonight. So, yeah, it's a very scary game. But you know, well, we got to find a side to, to bet on, don't we, Marco? I guess I guess we don't have to, but but uh, <laughs> we want to, and uh, it's tough. You know, like I said, so this, the the Dolphins are a three point favorite. But everything that you said, you're spot on. I've been looking at the Dolphins a lot over the last two months, and again, they haven't beaten anybody. And how good is Baltimore really right now? Too, we're yeah. finding out Baltimore's not very good, and that's their only quality win. So, all right, uh, real quick, Marco, before we go. Uh, some bowl games you want to touch on that we're going to see here in the next few days? 
Yeah, you're going to see them all tomorrow, buddy. You got a busy okay. day tomorrow. So I may just, you know, totally pass tonight's game and have a full day from beginning to end tomorrow. My first game tomorrow is Air Force Plus 1 TC. Uh, I always look for a team uh, in the bowls that's, highly, you know, that's motivated. I want that side. I just don't see Louisville caring about this game. And Louisville can't stop the run. They're ranked 96th at stopping the run, and now they've got to stop the option. Good luck with that. I got Air Force winning by 7 to 10. Uh, the other one, uh, two others for tomorrow, uh, West Virginia at Minnesota, or versus Minnesota. I just think Minnesota played their Super Bowl the final Saturday of the regular season. Beating Wisconsin and knocking them out of the Big Ten championship game, I think was the, you know, the top of the mountain for them. I don't see them being excited being in this bowl game where West Virginia, you, you talk about motivation, do they want to be here? Hell yeah, they want to be here. They're five and six, and they accepted the bid to go to the bowl game. They want to be here. They're four and two down the stretch. I'm taking West Virginia. And the last one, and this is going to be a fun game to watch tomorrow. It's the Holiday Bowl. I like NC State over UCLA, and I'll tell you why. You look at UCLA, they're playing in California. Where's the thrill for them? The Pac-12, you know what kind of conference it is. It's a finesse conference, a lot of offense, no defense. They had three losses in the Pac-12 this season. Two of those three losses came to physical teams, Arizona State and Utah. NC State is a physical team. They are a very good defensive team. Uh, they're ranked 16th in points per game, 16th in yards per play allowed. They will be the more physical team at the line of scrimmage. I've got NC State 37-27 from a last pick. I, I, you know, Marco, I like all three of those picks, and you're right. UCLA is not going to be playing against Cal or Colorado uh, th- this week, where they, you know, been scoring, you know, you know, and well, they played uh, USC and they scored 62, but scored 42 and 44 against uh, Cal and Colorado. And uh, I know the NC State team is uh, they're battle tested week in and week out, and uh, I like that team myself. All right, Marco, appreciate it as always. Uh, hopefully, uh, you get well soon, and we can see you back at the Cosmopolitan very, very soon, my friend. Thank you, TC. Have a good one. Enjoy the the week, and uh, happy New Year. Right back at you, brother. There is Marco D'Angelo, wagertalk.com. And, of course, he's part of our Best Bets segment on a pretty regular basis as well, too. Uh, wagertalk.com for Marco's releases. Great stuff. And, of course, you know he's kind enough to give us some free ones, just like he just did. Very, very nice. All right, uh, action-packed show today. We want to appreciate uh, everyone for joining us. Sam Gordon from the RJ, Chuck Esposito over at Red Rock, Marco D'Angelo, Wager Talk. You heard from Rich Passaccia, the interim head coach for the Raiders, uh, Derek Carr, the quarterback, Josh Jacobs, the running back as well, too. And uh, all of that stuff back up on the website at tcmartinshow.com. Check out uh, the latest article from yesterday's game, uh, the Raiders defeating the Denver Broncos. Go read that. Check out our our interview still up there from last week with Kevin Kruger's UNLV. Uh, We'll be back in action Saturday. Mountain West Conference opener. The Rebels take on San Diego State on Saturday afternoon. Look forward to that. Have yourself a good one. Enjoy the games tonight. Bowl games tomorrow. We've got action each and every day. Join us again tomorrow at 2 for a terrible Tuesday and a whole lot more football talk here. T.C. Martin Show.